Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, a very pleasant uh, good morning to you. It's a little bit after 10 o'clock, a couple minutes. And the gentleman to my immediate left or right, depending on your viewpoint, is Tom Luongo. He's a good friend. And, uh, well, I've never met Tom in the person, but I know he has gold and he has goats and he has guns and he has a newsletter, TomLuongo.me. And he's uh, gracious enough to come on and talk to us from time to time about his work with geopolitics, with money, with crypto, and with all kinds of things. Good morning, Mr. Tom, and how are thee in the great state of Florida? Everything's great. Well, I mean, relatively speaking, it's been a it's been a mild winter, and uh, which is kind of disconcerting because everything's trying to bloom and it's early January, and then we'll get a late frost, like at the end of the week, and everything will kill everything. Yeah. Uh, and let's hope that and I've got a goat that's due to give birth any day now, and she's like, like she should have been like we we're not quite sure what day she was bred, but she's ready to drop at a moment's notice. And I really hope she doesn't wait until things get really cold, like on Friday. <laughs> so you know. If, if you're listening, Ray, honey, drop Baby. your kids now because we don't want to be out there, midwife and kids, at six o'clock in the morning when it's 25 degrees well, outside. I was, I was just about to but, ask um, Tom when you have animals like that, you say midwife, do you generally just let them alone and do their thing or do you have to help at all? It depends on the animal. Mm-hmm. It depends mm-hmm. on the animal. Mm-hmm. It's like, like we've had, um, and we want to have a meat coach. No, they, we just had them out in the field and they just did their thing and we they pasture bred and they, you know, pasture gave birth. And then we would go out there every once in a while. And right. whenever somebody didn't show up for breakfast, we're like, oh, there are kids out there in the field. Let's go find them and make sure that everything's fine. And we'd go out and you know, bundle up and go walk out, walk out and into the woods and go find the kids. And they're usually mm-hmm. stuck in the hollow of a tree or whatever. Um, but with dairy goats, it's different. If you're going to take the girls, if you're going to take the 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 the, the kids and milk the mom, you've got to take the kids away, and you got to bottle feed them so that the kids aren't on the mom because you want the milk. So, and you've got to get the kids, and you got to break that cycle immediately. And especially if you're getting, especially if you got any girls that you would you know want to raise up to be able to sell as uh-huh. you know dairy stock and. Honestly, if you're, you know, trying to sit, if you, if you've got extra does and you want them, you know, they're going to be worth more as bottle babies to sell to people who are interested in having a milk goat and one that has been bottle raised and hand fed and handled all the time is going to be a much easier animal when they're an adult to handle because they now trust humans much more implicitly or much more explicitly yeah. um yeah. but uh with this particular girl she's so big she may be having triplets and you absolutely have to be there for triplets because you never know what's going to happen wow. um you know a, a doe like her who's given birth a couple of times already she's a you know she's a prolific mom you know she's have she has two but it's not a big deal you know she can push out two there won't be there shouldn't be any problem unless you know somebody's breached but i've even seen them mm-hmm. deliver breech babies if there are three and there's breaches, this is not of room if something is wrong. Uh-huh. And then we may be in there to have to, like, you know, assist in the process, pulling animals or, you know, pulling legs right. or whatever we have to do. Does she so, have uh, she have Obamacare? So she's taken care of? No, she no, does she not have Obama, oh, uh, Obamacare. She, so. She's got um, she's got Tom and Camille care. Right? That's what she's got. <laughs> that's what she's and, you know, and that's what it comes down to. You know? Well, I tell you what. So hey, a lot of, you know, a lot of chatter out there. And we just uh, about to stream a. A video by the Ice Age Farmer, one of our favorite guys. I think you like his work yep. as well on the yeah, food Christian's thing. Yeah, very good. Yeah, on the food thing, what's your take on what's going on? I, I, our HEB 
Boy, I've never seen shelves this empty here in Dripping Springs, a big 600 food store chain in Texas. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, I don't do the food shopping. Yeah. Uh, I haven't set foot in a supermarket in probably three years, even my local Winn-Dixie, which is, you know, literally five minutes down the road. Um, I mean, I only frequent liquor stores and convenience and gas stations. Like, you know, come on, let's, let's be, <laughs> let's be realistic here. Right. I'm either out of cigars or out of whiskey or, you know, and <laughs> Camille takes care of all that, but you know, um, <laughs> my vices aside, well, the, vices uh, aside, I haven't heard anything from her. I haven't heard anything from her mm-hmm. about that, but you know, we don't, we're not normal buyers sure. of food. I yeah. mean, we, for the most part, she walks around the outside of the, of the supermarket and buys meat and, no. and you know, eggs and whatnot. And not much more than that. Right. And pork rinds and a couple of other things. I mean, you know, yeah. so we live in cattle country, right? So we live in a good, in a, in a good um, local uh, meat production area. I mean, if you don't, if people don't realize this, but North Florida is in North and North central Florida. Excellent excellent um cattle country here so um a lot of beef a lot of pork a lot of you know, mm-hmm. you know soon now a lot of goats some sheep you gotta get out of the goats and sheep are really good here uh great to to um to raise here because it's really not but um uh and then you but there's a high a lot of farmers markets population well. of people who do like goats so yeah. they you yeah. know a lot of so farmers markets as well down there a lot of farmers markets oh yeah we have i live north of crunchy gainesville you can expect that there are multiple farmers markets yeah. i used to sell it i used yeah. to sell my dairy at the local yeah. farmers market in gainesville. word around the campfire is that the supreme court thing on the mandate are going to throw it back to the states and say the states can do oh, it yeah. which is troublesome in my opinion because i don't know why they even put this thing up there i don't think the uh, our constitutional uh, experts that we have on tom they tell us that they can't do mandates anyway. So, um, you know, Florida right. may be getting busier because people will move to Florida, Texas, if they do the state deal. Well, I mean, right? look, you know, it was never it was never constitutional at the uh, at the at the federal level. Right. The whole thing was they was nothing but a a dodge to try and make uh, OSHA relevant in this situation to do an end run around the Constitution and everything else. The Constitution, but you know, at the end of the day, these people don't believe in law. Yeah. And so, Very. but the Supreme Court trying to you know, kick it back to the states, ultimately, that's fine. Let the states do what they want to do. They're, you know, California, New York, and other places like that are lost causes. Yeah. Okay. They just are. I mean, in California, they've pretty much outlawed with open primaries. They've outlawed and uh, and they're, you know, whoever is the, the top two vote getters get to, to run off for the election doesn't matter so uh, republicans are basically not allowed to run for office anymore in california in new york they're letting people who are non-citizens vote but you know if you are a full-fledged citizen paying taxes you're not allowed to go to a restaurant or have a job so they're lost causes they're fallen societies and i don't care that their state i don't give a damn at all one bit whatsoever whether california sinks further into depravity or new york sinks further into depravity i don't care Hmm. i've done with it i don't I don't have any, I, I, no, I have no relations to these people and neither should anybody else living in Texas or Idaho or Georgia or Alabama or Missouri or anywhere else. We have 50 different countries within the United States. Yes, sir. Wow. Five or six of them have gone crazy. Washington is now talking about putting people in camps if they don't get vaccinated. Okay. That's where we are. DC, our state. Okay. So, that's yeah at the state level so if they want to pass a vaccine mandate in washington this is how they think they're going to get their patchwork version of their creeping totalitarianism 
through. Well, if, they, if this is their plan B, which is, well, we can't get it for the entire country, so we'll get it in five populous states. Well, every day, those states become less and less populous. Yes. But eventually, we're going to run out of room here in Florida or, you know, or double wides in Lafayette County are going to be going for $400,000. One or the two is going to happen. Wow. And the last thing you want to do is, hand, is handle red, is hand rednecks, like self-sufficient rednecks, four hundred dollars or $500,000 to then go somewhere else and build an even better thing somewhere else. You're just, it's just a massive wealth transfer. Okay. So all that wealth that had that Californians and, and, and blue checkmark morons on Twitter crow about how we produce all the, we produce with the seventh biggest economy in the world and we produce all the taxes and everything else. Yeah. But all the taxpayers are coming to Florida and you're handing, and they're literally handing millions and millions and millions of dollars to people who never would have made that kind of money ever before. My house has doubled in value, in appraised value, in the last 18 months. Wow. Really? Okay. Yeah. And you- okay. Land prices have doubled where I am in rural North Central Florida in the last 18 months. They're going to double again over the next three years. Okay. That's not very healthy, so, is it, the way that's set up? Well, no, it's not healthy, but it is what it is. So Florida is going to go from being the 14th largest economy in the world to the seventh. They're going to replace California. We're going to replace California. We don't, and unlike California, we don't have to uh, siphon basic resources like like electricity and water and everything else from the rest of the country in order to run our massive economy. Hmm. We have nuclear power plants. We have all the water we'd ever need. We can. We have. We have power. We have food. We have industry. We have all these things. What What do we need California for? Yes, sir. I understand. We can replace California with an even, and we can also get the lion's share of what used to be Wall Street and turned Miami and West Palm Beach into the new Wall Street, which is what's happening. Hmm. So, you know, hmm. I, I'm not I, I'm not making this as an advertisement for Florida because honestly, I don't want any more Yankees in this place. I used to be one and I don't <laughs> want, and you know, if you can't state the, if you can't, you know, if, if you can't recite the pledge at the border, you're not allowed to come in. And you know what the pledge is, right? No. Blinken was a tyrant. No, I see. The South was the South will rise again. Like, and I don't mean that. I mean that from a states' rights perspective, not from a not from a slavery perspective. Let's be clear about that. And that's what's that the 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 the, the migration patterns that you're seeing within the United States now are are just starting. Just starting. They're four years old, but they're just starting. And they cheat and the Democrats cheated massively on the census. Florida should have picked up another electoral vote. California should have lost one. Georgia should have picked up another electoral vote. New York should have lost three. The net migration since the census to the old South, you know, to the the, the Civil War South has been almost a million people since from July to July, 2020 to 2021. It's only accelerated from there. It was like 800,000 people. I just saw a, a thing from the other day. It's going to be, by the time you know someone does the January to January numbers for Q4, that number is going to be over a million people. Wow. A lot of, that's a lot of people. This, this state's that's, right that's, thing. That's, that's, more really, than one, that's more than one full district. Yeah. It's crazy. This state's right thing, that, that thing that's uh, uh, emerging, as you just stated, this is kind of good for us patriots, libertarian types, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. This Absolutely. couldn't be better. Oh, de- decentralization is the 
is the key to the future. We have to understand that. Yeah. And our federal system is just decentralized enough, though, from a doctrinaire libertarian perspective, way too centralized. But, you know, relative to the rest of the world, when you go look at Europe, when some guy who was, you know, three weeks ago was, was you know, some undersecretary and within a within a political party with you know ten percent of the of the 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 uh, of the the vote becomes chancellor of Austria yeah. <laughs> overnight and then turns around and 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 within twenty four hours is issuing dictatorial edicts about the future of forty percent of his population. Well, our federal system looks pretty good from a libertarian perspective. So it all depends on where you are. Like, like I, I get so angry with doc, doctrinaire libertarians so they don't live in the real world. And it's annoying. And you're, it, it, it really is. We're in a moment in time when it the principles are there to use as argumentative and analytic tools, but they are not there to argue real politic in the real world. You have to put you have to separate those two things. This is why I, I get angry. This is why I get angry emails all the time from people telling me that I'm wrong about the Fed. I have my patrons tell me that I'm wrong about the Fed, even they- though it's clear that there's a split between within the convocation, you know, within the cartel of central bankers, that some of them are not down with the communism. Oh, as I, being I voted yeah. by the Great Reset and all the rest of it. So yeah. the Fed is ob- is obviously off the bandwagon, as we've, I, we've talked about in the last, mm-hmm. the last I was on the show a while, a while ago, but I know we've talked about this in the past, that with Powell being re-upped at the Fed as the chairman, mm-hmm. with the Fed um, clearly ready to raise rates, faster than anybody ever talked ever thought of when the euro dollar futures curve on the cme is telling you there's going to be five rate hikes before the is, is handicapping five rate hikes before the end of the year and seven by june 2023 and that number went up by two number of rate hikes since the beginning of the year so in eight trading sessions there's a there's a change happening here and a lot so many people are just caught in a, a simple um diet and simple kind of dyad of fed bad all central banks bad all work together bad liberty good well no it's a lot more complicated than that yes but no you're right but that's not that's not analytically useful within how we're going to act in 2022 you may be right in 2032 but who cares we'll all be dead by 2032 so you're arguing, though, that the globalists are not controlling Powell, in a sense, right? No, no. I don't think, I think, well, I think different global. I think the, they think the problem is not that. No. It's that the problem is that there's multiple factions of globalists. Hmm. Like, don't think that for a moment that old European money and young American banking money from European standards have the same agenda. Don't believe for a moment that they don't like that they like each other because they don't. Okay, they never have. Old Europe, old colonial European money hates yank money, hates the fact that the Yanks have the money. They want it back. They want the power back. They're very, very clear about this. Why do you think the Brits own the State Department and the CIA and the DOD? Why do you think these people exist? Why do you think Davos works so damn hard to put? 
of Joe Biden in power and to un- undermine and get rid of private equity Powell and put Commie Lael Brainerd in charge of the Fed this fall. You think these? You, you, you think they like each other? You think they're all just part of the same big club? Yeah, when it comes to like stealing our money, yeah, they're all part of the same big club. But when it gets down to stealing each other's money, they're not the same club. And we're at that moment wow. where we're, they're trying to steal each other's money. Okay. And I always knew we would get to that point. Always. I mean, I'm going back 2005 when I was analyzing the stuff. I've always said it was going to be one group of central bankers versus another group of central bankers because that's the way the shark tank works after they've impoverished everybody else then they have to turn on each other and the fed has turned and wall street has turned on brussels and davos i mean they have it's very clear the rhetoric coming out about all of these issues that are, are the big issues of the day built back better covid bitcoin gold all of it it's all there's Ukraine, like everything, hmm. there's a functional split between what Wall Street wants and what Europe wants. Europe wants an ideal. They, they want the ideological purity of being able to impose creeping totalitarianism and creeping Everyone. communism across the entire world. Wow. You can hear it in the rhetoric coming out of Geneva. Well, the one last point, and I'll, I'll, I'll turn the mic over to you. You That's hear right. it in the rhetoric coming out of Geneva. That's right. Right? With the U.S.-Russian talks. The, the, the U.S. and the EU and NATO refuse to accept any controls philosophically on their behavior. Anybody who wants to join NATO can join NATO. Right? You meet the requirements, and you want to join NATO, you can join NATO. The Russians are like, uh, no, you don't get to ha- you don't get to put missile systems in Ukraine. They don't accept. We don't accept philosophically any controls on our um, on our behavior. The, the EU argues this way all the time, no matter what the argument is. The EU has adopted a rule. And all of a sudden, because that rule is in place, philosophically, you cannot argue with this rule this is why we're this is why we're still arguing about Nord Stream 2 it's why all of these things are happening Hmm. on the other side the Russians are very pragmatic they're saying uh excuse me we have military dominance in over Europe and we can wipe all of you out all the way to Calais if we really wanted to and we can have another Dunkirk if we really want to but we're not gonna do that so stay the hell out of Ukraine put any more missile systems in Ukraine and you know you're gonna get the whip hand if you don't control the Nazis in Kiev, sanction us all you want, but we're going to take the we're going to take the country over. Hmm. Okay, Putin's got the strong hand right now. He's 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 he's. They a, have all. They have the entire strong hand. Yeah. Like what happened in Kazakhstan last week was was an embarrassment from a geopolitical perspective. Hmm. It was an embarrassment. Was that over the vax thing? It was Kazakhstan. Good. Was it? it was good. Yeah. That was absolutely good. Look, what happened there was a simple color revolution, not simple color revolution, but it was a similar operation to the one they ran against Assad in Syria, um, Mm. as opposed to what they ran in against Yanukovych in Ukraine or what they tried to what they tried and failed to do to Lukashenko in Belarus last year or in 2020. We activated Salafist head chopping radicals. Takfiri, the same guys that we let escape from Syria three years ago 
they all got implemented they all got embedded like ticks across afghanistan tajikistan kazakhstan and the rest of them setting up for this moment when they were going to be activated to try and take kazakhstan over and there was a fun functionally different thing because it was an uprising that spread across the entire country very quickly they mil they there was a military operation they tried to take over the airports to deny the russians landing uh troops into kazakhstan yada yada yada, yada. of course they failed because they didn't get because the russians knew what was coming and they acted far quicker than anybody expected them to so while you and you and what happened happened it, to me it was very obvious um from the moment it started to play itself out once I understood the dynamics of the situation, and uh, and some, you know, I have good friends at, at you know, like Alexander Mercurius at the Duran and others explaining some of the nuance. And once the nuance was clear, it was very obvious that this was another example of the Russians lying in wait for the Americans and the Brits to try something dumb, and then turn it over, and they did it in four days, and they did it. And they resolved all of it before the talks opened in Geneva. Huh. This was a plan. This was a plan that was obviously a whiteboard that it was going to bind the Russian, bind you know, crack Russian and Belarusian troops down for six months and turn the whole thing into another quagmire like Syria and blah blah blah. And the thing was over in forty-eight hours. And it was over before the talks in Geneva. Meaning, once we got to the talks in Geneva, all the Russians and the Americans could do was talk past each other about what their red lines are. But the de facto results of geneva so far the russians got everything they wanted other than the written guarantees and who's in but control now the, in kazakhstan who's in control? on the ground are that you, ukraine is done and hmm. in Ka kazakhstan who's in control now who's running the show uh, the same guy that was in control before but the problem in kazakhstan was that the former leader nazarbayev never really gave up power he controlled the security council so therefore he controlled the intelligence services the military he had them standing down during the first 48 hours of the uprising Tokayev, the current the, the 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 actual leader of kazakhstan did exactly what he was supposed to do he dissolved the government that everybody was angry with he reinstituted the uh fuel subsidies which were the spark that lit the uh the fire and then ousted nazarbayev and from the security council and and arrested for treason the former prime minister and head of the of kazakh intelligence massimo uh, all of that was done in the first 48 hours and once takayev had control of the security council then he could mobilize the kazakh military at that point he could also turn to the collective uh security treaty organization the csto and ask them for help that i mean literally that all took place in like 20 minutes and within within hours prepped and ready Belarusian and russian crack spetsnats and and special forces were were stumped into kazakhstan and landing in almaty the cap uh the uh, the former capital within hours the whole thing was like it was it it was kind of beautiful and in, in its way how it all worked out and the fact that it it um it worked out the way it did i mean it was violent it was ugly their police were getting their heads chopped off the you know there was been all of that but from a geopolitical games theory perspective um bravo because that could have gotten really ugly really fast and all that did was out all of the agents in across the entirety of kazakh um uh society from 
government apparatchiks to who all are the resigning or leaving the country or getting being arrested to all the sleeper cells of talk fury crazies they've all been rounded up and they've all been arrested and or killed and in the process of being killed they're gonna when when we when we let them all leave syria three years ago we knew they were going somewhere well many of them went to kazakhstan and now they're all going to be killed finally without the americans being able to provide cover which is what we did in on, in syria we allowed all of isis to retreat from uh the the city in the, the city in syria that um i cannot raqqa right during the retreat from raqqa right when we we moved into raqqa and we let you know isis leave and they you know crossed the border into iraq and then they were gone okay and jordan and everywhere else and that's why we controlled up until last week or uh, last week that's why we controlled the border cross the we had the we had this base in the middle of the desert at al-tanf so that we could control the border crossing between syria and iraq that is starting to go away Tom Luongo so is with us. The, the empire is leaving Central Asia, and it's a good thing. Yeah. But um, yeah, Tom Luongo, TomLuongo.me comes on from time to time. His website is also Gold Goats and Guns, and you can become a patron as Patrick is, and you get all kinds of little charts and stuff like that. You see, you seem to understand the the fine points of this. Does it take just a certain kind of a noodle brain or an interest, or uh, what do you? What do you you know what's going on with you how do you i, I don't know well i mean how do you see the bouncing like ball that else, we don't all, some of us don't see we all are men on missions right we all mm-hmm. have our thing that we're thing. that we care about and we right for me it's it's really simple i am a root cause analysis kind of guy i always have been even when i was a chemist i'm like what's the prop what's the root cause of the problem i'm not interested in putting band-aids on issues I'm interested only in trying to figure out what's the systemic problem. When I when I, I do this, doesn't matter when I, I when I when I when I'm playing a board game. I always think in terms of what aspect of the game can I control. It, it's it's you know it's just the kind of thing that I'm very good at. Uh-huh. Right? I used to play Magic: The Gathering. I used to play all these card games, and they all break down in a certain way. That there's an aspect of the game that you can control. And if you can deny your opponent at that aspect of the game, then you can use that to maximal advantage to lock him out and take him out, mm-hmm. right? This is the way these things work. And mm-hmm. and that maps really beautifully to geopolitics and to politics, uh-huh. okay? And it's similar to what, what, what good chess players do. I'm just, you know, I, I'm just, I'm a miserable chess player because I've never had the patience to learn the game. But the systemic analysis and the understanding of like i, I remember when yeah i, I remember when I, I got into playing this, this particular game based on game of thrones and i like i looked at my card list and i went ah we're going to control this phase of the game and what's if we can control this phase of the game then and this is the phase of the game where this where conflict occurs and points are scored and winning happens well this is the one i want to control and i don't care how i do it and i will construct my my resources to give me the control over those mm-hmm. uh, around that theme. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you don't construct ideas. You don't, you, and so you construct strategy based on fundamental architecture, not on appearances. Yeah. Okay. And when you analyze geopolitics, that's what you have to, you have to realize what people are actually doing. And um, when you see people, 
And when you see something like Kazakhstan and Ukraine, what you're seeing from the West is them trying to control the cosmetics of their board state, whereas the Russians and the Chinese are controlling the foundations of their board state. And I've never really explained it in these terms before, but I think that's the best way of looking at it. And when I see the one that's actually implementing their foundational um, strategic precepts, that's where I know they're going to win. I can already tell you who's going to win the game at that point. So, so. so tell us what go, is going on in your opinion, Tom Luongo, in Ukraine mm-hmm. that, that it, we don't hear on the news or even on a lot of the, uh, the, 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 the articles, even the alternative articles. What's going on that we're not seeing? Well, that Patrick I mean, there's, isn't a, seeing? There's, a lot of, there's a lot of people who are doing good work in Ukraine. Um, and I'm not the only one. Um, and in some ways, I almost feel like I'm a little bit behind. The, I'm, I'm trying to like suss the big picture out while other people are doing the um, are doing more of the nitty gritty. Uh-huh. Like they're going, ah, oh, well, there's this little, there's this diplomatic cable, and there's this movement of troops, and there's this that, and they're like, okay, so what does all that mean? Because it's all just data, right? The data needs to be synthesized into what into a bigger picture. But from the beginning of this. I've been from the moment we that Ukraine became an issue, starting like with the beginning of Q4 of last year, and it's been ratcheting up for months. The whole point of this has been what's what is the asking the question, what do the US want? What does Davos want? What does Russia want? You have to ask all those questions at the same time. At the same time. And realize that there are multiple factions within each group and they all want different things this is all of a sudden no longer a three or four variable equation this is now a 12-handed game of poker okay with you and everybody is trying to win the game but not take every but not take certain players out and that the players need to be taken out in a particular order if you're using a poker metaphor Mm-hmm. Or for the person who wants to win the game, they have to manage the board state of all of everybody's everybody else in such a way that no one is out of the game and is capable of counterattacking against another foe. It's a very complicated process, and it's almost impossible to explain. But until you've actually, and I'll be honest with you, until you've actually played games that model this, hmm. you have no idea how to deal with this. I do this all the time with my friends when I go to board game. And I like, and I like, I, I'm sitting down and, I, and I'm complaining. I, you, that's a terrible move. You're just, you're just going to make it such that he's going to win now. And I'm like, I, but I, that was the best move for me to make. I'm like, yeah, but it wasn't the best move for everybody at the table. So now all you've done is ensure that that guy is going to win. You're not my, managing board state. You're not putting yourself in a position to win by doing that. All you're doing is saying, uh, in the short term, this is the best thing for me to do. But in the long run, that is not the best thing for you to do. So now let's back out from the theoretics right. and let's get back down into the into the specifics. Now that you understand my mindset, because you got to understand the mindset of how I'm approaching this before I can actually explain what's going on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So, and again, this is a, this is you asked earlier does it take a certain type of mind to do this? Well, that's, that's the long answer. Yes, it does take a certain training and, and, and mind to get this done. So now what does Davos want? Davos wants a war between, wants a war between the United States and China, or at least 
perpetual conflict between them such that capital doesn't leave Europe. Okay. Davos wants to maintain its power and its control over Europe. It's where Davos's control is the strongest. Mm -hmm. It's where it's foundational, the foundation of its power is. It has taken over through a variety of election manipulations and COVID and all this other stuff, the United States government. Yes. It has, it has sympathetic, at times, cohorts within the American government, mostly the Trotsky, the neo-Trotskyite, neo what we call the neoconservatives, who hate Russia so much that they're they can they're great useful idiots to throw at the Russians whenever they need to. They exist also within the the, Brit, the the Brits, and they also exist within the Israelis. It's the dominant foreign policy position of British elite and Israeli elite and their agents within the American government. People like Bill Kristol and Paul Wolfowitz and you know John Bolton and Wendy Sherman and Anthony Blinken and Joe Biden, they're all neoconservatives. They all hate Russia, even though they all make money off of it, right? Davos doesn't hate Russia, but Davos wants Russia subjugated. So How do you subjugate Russia? By throwing the neoconservatives at them and constantly destabilizing their borders. By allowing intelligence operations and military operations to fester on their southern border, southern and western border. Ukraine and so whatever. So foment a color revolution in Belarus, Ukraine, Kazakhstan, Armenia, Tajikistan, Syria. Destabilize the currency in Turkey, blah, 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 blah. Right. Wow. Notice the whole arc of it. it goes all the way from Afghanistan all all the way around the Russian we western and southern border all the way to Belarus. Right? And even to a lesser extent with the Baltics and Poland, the enclave at Kaliningrad. Right? So understand that. But at the same time, and why does Davos want Russia subjugated? Because they're the biggest purveyor of oil. They're the biggest purveyor of energy in the world. They need Russia to collapse so that China, its partner and 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 the biggest energy importer in the world, gets their economy crushed. Because now, if they control the Russians and the Russians break with the Chinese, then the Chinese, cannot run their their economy because they the, the 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 russians are net energy exporters europe and china are both net energy importers europe wants energy on its own on its terms at its price and they're willing to do and they're willing to risk nuclear war in order to get it hmm. by throwing the american military through nato into a manufactured conflict over a a, a, a wasteland like ukraine Okay, and it's a twenty-year operation in Ukraine to put the to put the put Nazis in charge. Like, look, this it, is where we are. So it looks like Russia want. and China, though, have been building this relationship for a long time, right? The right. Well, they've been building that right. relationship in response to the right. to the unbridled aggression coming from the West. From the West, yeah. While Putin has been saying the entire time, hey, let's make a deal. Let's 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 build pipelines. Let's have a good time. Let's sell each other blue jeans and, and turbines and airplanes. And you know, I'll sell you gas and we'll and we'll just go on because Putin, interestingly enough, doesn't want the United States humiliated. Even though he's done talking with them, because he understands that 20 years from now, if the United States is taken out as a and humiliated as a political and military power 
then he's going to be dealing with the rapacious Chinese who are going to colonize Russia 20 years from now. Yeah. He, he believes that. He okay? believes, yeah. So Putin yeah. is trying to manage board state. He's trying to keep he's trying to keep the Chinese on his side while at the same time uh, allowing Europe to self-immolate and the United States to self-immolate, but only to a point. They still need to be powerful enough to be able to maintain an, uh, a, 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 a world architecture that is metastable from multiple poles. It's really interesting okay? when you look at it like that. Wow. You have to look at it that way because otherwise Putin would have just taken would have just rolled tanks through Ukraine and Moldova and Poland and the rest of it and said, look, this is what's best for all of you. Hmm. I'm doing it because the EU is more evil than I am. And he could have done that at any time. And there's nary a word that anybody could now certainly now, but not at any time within the last 18 months with all the new weapon systems that the Russians have put in place, they have tactical and strategic advantage on the ground in the air period from kaliningrad east so all the so all the visegrad countries bulgaria poland uh, chechia hungary yada 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 all of them slovenia slovakia all of them okay we can have the all the old warsaw pact countries could easily be under russian control tomorrow no one really wants that but the EU is becoming the EUSSR. And so they're alienating all these countries anyway. So Putin's been playing a game of attrition, waiting for everybody's economies to collapse and for, for everybody's you know, political situations to collapse. He understands the numbers. He understands that the West is living on borrowed time and that they're, that they're trying to get out of a, uh, a debt saturation trap through uh, the application of infinite liquidity and the transfer and and the and the transition away from debt-based money to script unmoored tax-based script mmt he understands what they're trying to do and how easy is it to counter that you just keep playing for time hmm. over and over and over again tom longo the is- americans patriots like myself and and others don't want this to ha- happen wall street doesn't want to be taken out of the mm-hmm. financial transmission system as you and i have talked about previously mm-hmm. they're not down with central bank digital currencies new york and the new york fed has never been down with this that's all the, the, but for brussels it's the only way out mm-hmm. for frankfurt it's the only way out so they manufactured a coup in the united states to put fungal joe biden in charge who rubber stamps whatever is put in front of him surrounding him with a bunch of incompetent midwits and neocons who are in or who are purposefully incompetent at diplomacy in order to piss off the Chinese and the Russians such that they won't talk to each other anymore. That way, the West and the and Russia and China, basically, they if they can't have a war, then they want a split because it's the only way that they can in, in terms of relations, make relations as bad as possible. That's a maybe someone will make a mistake what davos ultimately cannot have is a war on the european continent that is the raison d'etre of the european union the only reason why anybody any average middle class european ever went along with the european union was the idea of we will never have another world war ii on our soil Hmm. that we will try and work out the cultural differences through the eu 
by encouraging, you know, um, um, continental trade and all the rest of it. And if it had stayed a simple customs and trade union, there would be nothing wrong with the EU. But what's where's the you know where did Marxism start? Where did communism start? Didn't start in China. Didn't start in Russia. <laughs> Started in freaking Europe. It's yeah. a European idea. Always has been, mostly, and 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 most root and most ruthless. I mean, implemented by other cultures. But they've never given up on the dream because they've never actually gotten it. Like, I'm, I'm dead serious when I, I, I put it all in. The, so when you really stop to look at it, they can't have a war. What they want is the destruction of the middle class, a perfect technocratic union, um, and complete control over the, the European economy through a central bank digital currency and a social credit system, even worse than China's. And then, and they want to map that on the rest of the world. And they think that by manipulating other foreign governments into conflict, that they can actually achieve that in the long term. They're failing miserably. And all we do is spend column inch after column inch after column inch talking about it, when the truth of the matter is that these people are inept at this stuff because their, grands, their plans are so grandiose, they, they might as well not be existent. I was just just literally talking about this this morning on a market report I did for my patrons. I said, anybody who disagrees with my thesis, talking about all these things, I said, if you think that Davos is that powerful, prove to me, show me one area, one policy point where they have gotten universal, worldwide, um, 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 compliance with that idea. Vaccine mandates? No. COVID restrictions? No. Climate change? No. ESG? No. None of it. They keep failing at every turn, and all they can do is, well, we'll take over California. <laughs> oh, well, we you that. know, we'll take over Austria. Yeah, Australia. Like, that's what they're doing. Yeah. And and it's, it's just this patchwork thing. And at the end of the day, the federal idea, going back to the original comment about our system, think about this. We're going to throw it back to the states, and what do you have? What was the whole purpose of federalism? Well, if California goes crazy and everybody leaves California and they move to Florida, Florida wins and, and Florida gets the lion's share of the capital and money moves around and, you know, and they get impoverished and we get rich. And well, isn't that what's happening? So Canada can turn around and destroy their economy and and and, and put, you know, Obamacare taxes on the unvaxxed, which is what they what they're doing in Quebec now. Yeah. It's really no different than the Obamacare tax they put implemented here. Now, if you don't buy health insurance, you have to pay. You have, you have to pay a tax. If you don't get vaccinated in Quebec, you got to pay a tax. Got to pay a tax. Like, okay, so you're gonna so you're gonna eat your seed corn. Great. Well, no one's gonna be doing business in Quebec, and we can grow potatoes in Idaho, or whatever it is that they produce in Quebec, other than arrogance. <laughs> you know, there ain't nothing worse than French Canadians. Let's let's take a little break, so, and then we're gonna come back, and then sure. we're gonna talk to Tom about. Uh, the money. Daniel Vitalis from Sir Thrival. Is it fair to say, Daniel, that the Elk Velvet Adler could be a 
pro-euthanine kind of product as well as a kind of a pro-sexual kind of a product? You know, it's a little bit of both and much more than that as well. You know, if you think about the antlers of an elk or a deer or a moose, these are the most rapidly growing mammalian tissues in nature. And they fall off every year and they regenerate the following year. In order to do that, they contain a lot of hormonal substances that cause tissues to grow really rapidly. So it's kind of like putting the youthful vigor of you know your prime back into your bloodstream. At the same time that it's doing that, though, it's nourishing all the joints. It's nourishing all the connective of tissue of the body, keeping it elastic and juicy. So it's kind of like if you could combine a, a nature-based steroid with an ultra-concentrated collagen-enriched bone broth. And if you put those two things together, that'd give you something like what elk antler does, especially in this alcohol extract, which allows you to really absorb all those hormonal substances and all those growth factors that really keep tissues youthful and elastic. This great elk velvet product and all survival products are on sale, right? Well, the elk velvet is. I don't know about the other ones because that's an older commercial. Yeah, the elk velvet, we like this product. And... uh, as I showed you on my little uh, test, I won't bring it up here, but uh, my testosterone level that I had tested about three weeks ago, uh, they said it was abnormal. And I said, what, it's abnormal? And they said, yeah, it was too high. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Uh, testosterone level, my T level is 890 something, and the average for uh, guys are like four to six or so. So uh, I... I uh, Link that to the elk velvet antler and the pine pollen, and also the um, Arise product from Shen Blossom. Those are the three things that I take to keep my uh, Mr. T levels up. Arise from Shen Blossom, elk velvet antler, and pine pollen. And the pine pollen's on sale right now. The promo code is FIT2022, FIT2022, the pine pollen. If you are in a place where there's a lot of cell phone towers, or if you have Wi-Fi at your home because your kids are want to play, uh, get on their computer on the couch, and we don't recommend it, but if you do, there's uh, things that these things uh, can possibly cause harm to your body if you're not really, really, really strong. And we have a, a product called um, the EMF Protection Device Blue Shield. If you use promo code One Radio, you can get it for. Uh, 10% off, promo code 1RADIO, 10% off, Blue Shield. It, it uh, works on the cells in the body. Uh, a lot of these things claim that they protect you and stuff like that. Not sure. Uh, I'm not sure about the other products, but I do know that um, this, uh, this product works on the cells in the body, and that will help your body to become stronger and uh, happier and just uh, having a better hair day with your cells. Promo code 1RADIO, the Blue Shield. Uh, Tom Luongo and others uh, are gold guys and Tom Gold, Goats and Guns. I'm going to ask him about uh, the way he likes to buy gold after the uh, after the break, but we had a lady on yesterday, uh, Lynette Zhang. She was pretty cool and talking about this, all this stuff that we're talking about today, and she's a big numismatics person. We like her, but we'd like you to get your numismatics from uh, an old friend of mine, which is Ray... Uh, which is uh, uh, Andrew Goss's company, uh, SDL, and um, Fred Deshevsky. Well, Andrew's no longer with us. He left about three years ago, went to the great beyond, but uh, Fred has uh, uh, merged his company now into his own company called U.S. Coin Capital, and their main product is numismatic gold and silver coins. 
They come in the, uh, you know, in the plastic containers. So they've all been certified by, by the the two main companies. I used to know the names of my, you know, I don't carry that stuff around in my mind. But uh, he also has pre ninety pre nineteen sixty five quarters, dimes, and halves. I think there's a minimum of a thousand dollars on those. But he's got a great company. Few people there. Uh, the top two uh, that have uh, been there the longest. I recommend you you call them first, and and uh, they'll take good care of you, Fred and Donna. It's U.S. Coin Capital 800-878-2646. 800-878-2646. We think it's a great way uh, to do gold and silver. You have the collectible, and then you have the uh, the gold value as well. And a lot of people think that's a two kind of bangs for your bucks thing. I kind of do. But um, from the Hill Country in Texas, this is one radio network.com. Mr. Tom Luongo, Gold, Goats, and Guns, TomLuongo.me. Uh, Tom, how do people do your Patreon thing if they want to get your Patreon stuff? Sure. You can just go to Patreon slash Gold, Goats, and Guns, or you can go to the website, uh, TomLuongo.me. And in the right gutter, there's a, you know, become a patron there's a thing right there and then or at the bottom of every article on the blog is blog is a uh, is a link to the patreon as well and then what do patreon dudes like patrick get what do we get extra all right so there are two really there are two levels there's a tip jar for a dollar a month but you know the tip jar doesn't matter um for two there's two main levels with, with patreon for uh, for four dollars a month i um you get the the twice weekly market reports which are basically um 30 to 45 minute mm-hmm. private video podcasts of unique commentary along with um technical analysis of the markets that i think are, are the important are important so a constant running conversation about gold silver bitcoin uh the dow oil commodities euro dollar futures the 10-year bond whatever i happen to think is important but two or three of those you know of those slides every every market report are kind of fill in the blanks we always do gold we always do silver we always do bitcoin we always do the dow um and then as well i also write regularly in the morning for my patrons uh a piece which is kind of a notebook my you know my way of keeping tabs on things and they're just private blog posts eventually they become public blog posts they get reworked and and re-upped but they're the they're the first version of my thoughts about what's happening in a particular thing that I think is underreported or it has just hit my 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 spidey sense. Yeah, I see. And so you'll invariably see somebody else go public with something before me at this point, but I've already told my patrons three days before everybody else picked it up. Mm-hmm. And uh, all tied into helping folks to navigate their financial future, right? Right. Pretty and much. then at $12 a month, mm-hmm. Aaron, and at $12 mm-hmm. a month, there's the newsletter, which is a, you know, an 11, 10 to 12 page newsletter month, uh, published by myself. Yeah. yeah by myself and my, my partner, uh, Dexter White. Um, two major articles from one from each of us and then a portfolio and then a portfolio review and a, uh, and a, an editorial uh-huh. that is unique to the, to the, to the newsletter as well with the four, with the full portfolios, how and stock tips on how to build a portfolio and what you know themes you should be looking at and what companies you should you know be thinking about in terms of how to build a portfolio strategy to deal with all this yeah. stuff um so the meme you know, of the I'm day of course bust is, my hand putting myself on the back or anything but the portfolio has done really well in the last two years you've so, done well and you published that you, you i 
people see exactly what I you don't got. I don't publish I don't publish my returns regularly I really should but I mean I have stocks that are up 250 300 percent you know and um, over the last two years and and uh, you know it just is what it is I I don't I don't I don't do that kind of marketing and I never have I believe in you know here's the quality of my ideas here's the quality of what I what I tell you is going on mm -hmm. and then you decide from you decide from there what you want to do and yeah. you know if I can't convince you with the quality of my ideas I'm never going to convince you with the quality of my stock picks do you think this so, uh, the Dow in general uh, gets bombed big time in the, in the near future this year next year no no you don't think so no no I'm the only one out there screaming that the Dow is going to well, not other than Martin Armstrong. The guy, yeah. guy screaming that the Dow is going to go to forty-five grand. Wow! And the reason the Dow is going to go higher—I mean, don't get me wrong—it could it could crash fifteen percent. It's like Bitcoin the other day hit thirty-nine thousand, and everybody was everybody was like, "Oh, it's going to a dollar!" Like, yeah, okay, <laughs> okay, boom. No, like, think. shut up already! Like, it's so it's so pathetic. So, like, watch people. You know, just talk their book because they don't want to admit that their thesis may be off. Like, like you know, one man's um, one man's correction is another man's opportunity, or one man's bear market is another man's opportunity. And it's just the way it is. My when I look at the um, when I look at the Dow and I think about where we are in terms of the um, in terms of where Europe is and where Japan is and where emerging markets are. And I'm just like, it doesn't, yeah, the, we just printed 7% inflation this morning. You think the Fed's Seven, not yeah. going to raise rates? Like, are you kidding? Well, well, they can't because then they would crash the stock market. And I'm like, over and over and over again, I'm going to tell you a thousand times and I'm going to keep telling you this until people finally get it. The idea and the meme that the Fed went to zero bound interest rates to goose the stock market is a bad thesis it's wrong hmm. you're ascribing causality when there's correlation the fed doesn't care about the stock market today what'd you do to your camera confidence in the dollar was hmm. what's that did you do something to your camera your picture changed i didn't touch my camera huh. i didn't touch it huh. Really? Oh, such a weird thing. Did you, I, I didn't do you see your picture? It just changed I to a little square. I, didn't, I don't have to change anything. I haven't changed anything. Either. Yes. I don't know what it is. Yeah, well, that's been the meme. I, I, I no can, idea. I'll mess with it. Uh, that's been the meme from the from the beginning that that, that, that the Fed you know lowered the interest rates to the stock market, but you, you don't believe that. No, I don't believe it. I, I, I think that Greenspan played that game in the 90s when confidence in the dollar was high and the dollar was king around the world right mm -hmm. but really greenspan always used the the dollar um from used used the dollar for geopolitical purposes so i don't know maybe that's did that change i don't know um nope that's not it uh, i didn't change anything so we'll go yeah, back I to that i don't know so, what to do from, from here either it's so, just doing that well don't worry about it i, I don't know what see. happened yeah, don't worry about it. Okay, so you just uh, put up the slide. It doesn't really matter. It's not like my face is worth looking at anyway. The important thing here is to understand that today we're not really that. Um, we're at a different point in the cycle, right? The Fed has no options. We're more closer to the the nineteen 
late 1970s, early 1980s under Volcker than we are in the 90s under Greenspan. Greenspan used the, you know, he dropped interest rates to nothing, knowing full well that he was going to create a sovereign debt crisis around the world by the end of the, the, end of the, the cycle. And then he would be able to pull back on liquidity and try and crush Russia, which he did, and, in the, you know, and, and Southeast Asia, which he did. And that was the story. And then and they pulled back on the liquidity. They blew a bubble on purpose. But the, the bubble was a consequence, not the cause. Okay. And it always has been the cause, the consequence, not the cause. Now, from a political perspective, of course, there's going to be people who are in power who do not want to take the political hit. And so they can, they're threatening the Fed. Why do you think these Fed chairmen are being racked uh, with insider trading stuff? Uh, uh, you know, this, this, inter- this inside insider trading scandal. Why do you think that's happening? Because this is a way to put pressure on the Fed not to raise rates, not to stop QE, to and for the Democrats to hope that they can get their ridiculous spending, which is something that which is something that Davos wants. Davos wants the United States printing another nine trillion dollars that the Fed has to monetize into an environment where no one else wants our debt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And because of that, if no one wants our debt, then they have to monetize it all. And it's going to force the Fed into effectively destroying the dollar, Hmm. which what is that going to do? What did I say earlier? Push the capital and keep it from leaking out of Europe where they're at negative, the negative bound. And they're they're, they they can't allow interest rates to rise in Europe. Hmm. Okay, so when you see it that from that perspective, the Fed is going to raise rates. The Fed is going to run off its balance sheet. The question is, in the United States, if we're going to survive it, whether we're going to survive it politically, is are we going to see Jerome Powell turn into the second coming of Paul Volcker? And is there a Republican or Democrat on the horizon who is going to run on the Ronald Reagan playbook, which is we have to finally get our fiscal house in order. We have to take the hit. You can get you can look. The. People are not stupid, but Davos treats us like we're stupid. And they put these people in power that tell us that we're stupid. The Nancy Pelosi's and the Chuck Schumer's and all these and the AOC's and the rest of them. They tell us that we're literally dumb and we can't see what we can see. Okay. And they just think that if they lie enough, eventually, that, and, they, and, and they just change the rules that, and they change the definitions of words that they can do what they want. But if someone would come through here and say, this is what we have to do to save the United States, and if Wall Street wants it and the Fed wants it, then this is what's going to happen. Do you understand? Hmm. Is that person it's there? It's going to happen. Is there a person like someone that? Is going to become, someone is going to emerge from the Republican primary system, and he's going to be chosen to be the guy, and Davos will kick and scream about this the entire way, and the media will try and turn him into a friggin', um, turn him into a Nazi, and they, they'll do all the stuff they did to Reagan, they did to Trump, and they're, they're, they're trying to do to Ron DeSantis down here in Florida and all the rest of it. They will do this, and they will fail because by the time this actually comes around, CNN won't exist anymore yeah, right. because. After the discovery merger with them and Time Warner, don't expect CNN to even exist. <laughs> yeah. Because David Salaski might just like cut the whole thing off. Okay. <laughs> so when you so understand that what I'm setting up here yeah. is there's a the over the next three years or two 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 and a half years in the 
primaries are going to tell us what we're going to see. Is there going to be a, a revolution within the GOP, which actually makes them relevant again? To bury the Democrats, force that coalition of that, that is the, co- that the Democrats, which are nothing but a coalition of the aggrieved, force that coalition into, into splintering, take a historic shift in the, the in Congress into the fall, neuter Biden completely. He tries to issue executive orders like he did over with the COVID vaccine mandates in OSHA. And then you'll finally see the Supreme Court stand up to him again. Why? Because the Democrats aren't threatening to pack the court and, you know, kill their children and every other rotten thing that they've done in the last two years. Once that once that Hmm. turn happens Hmm. and you start to see and if you see a some money start to emerge and the and the talking points start to emerge that we have to reform social security we have to reform medicare we can get the fiscal side of the equation shorn up then it will allow powell all the room imaginable to raise interest rates to, to you know to two percent don't don't kid yourself he can do it but it has to happen if the fiscal side of the equation is 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 changed right now you know uh, non-discretionary spending Eats all t- eats up all the taxes, and any this discretional spending that they're fighting about on Capitol Hill is all deficit spent. Yeah, all you do you cut that by five percent. You cut actual spending in D.C. by five percent. You reform. You tell the markets they're going to reform Social Security. We're going to reform Medicare. Do you really think the trillions of dollars that are sitting overseas that in in stacks of Benjamin sitting in people's homes under under mattresses because there's more hundreds in existence than there are singles with all that money you think that money is going to sit there and just do this no it's all going to fly back to the united states trillions of dollars will come back into this country cut taxes cut the spending watch europe co- completely collapse into depravity and tell the ecb to go take a hike hmm. And arrest George Soros and watch the whole thing and watch ten trillion dollars flow into the United States over two years. Stock market will go to fifty grand. And the Powell can raise rates to two percent. It can it can be it can happen. And it will then create a, a, a massive recession on the back end of it. It will create a stock and it will create a stock market crash after that. Gold will go to seven thousand, eight thousand dollars an ounce. Bitcoin will go to three hundred grand. Whatever, all these things will happen, and the dollar, the dollar index will go to one hundred and forty. The euro will be at seventy cents if it survives at all. The the, the yen will be at two hundred hmm. to the dollar. Who cares? The world is asking us to lead. We are been, we have been bound down with this tranny nonsense and all this stupid Davos identitarian politics. And the world doesn't want it. It understands that they don't want China and they don't want Europe. They want the United States to lead, and we're being and we're being atomized by traitors in our own government. And we, the American people, need to wake up to this and deal with it, and put the right people in, and put and send the right message to the markets. The markets will take care of the politics at this point, because once the money starts to flow into the United States. It won't it won't matter. But Powell's going to raise rates in order to get this done. Powell has to raise rates and get rid of the Democrats. And you do that by raising rates, creating a short term recession and laying all of it 
at the feet of Joe Biden, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, who more and more is looking like freaking Michael Jackson and, and, and just do it. But it has to be done. You have to lay all the misery at their feet. Fascinating perspective. The COVID restrictions, the, 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 the psychological damage they've done to our children and all the rest of it. you got to lay it all on their feet and say, you people have no business at the table. You have sat here for 30 years and told us we don't have a voice. We don't deserve a voice. We are lower than pond scum. We are, the, we, we are, we are people that should not be tolerated, as Justin Trudeau said the other day. Hmm. Equating Republicans to unvaxxed to conspiracy theorists to racists to everything. You, uh, all in one, like all in three sentences. Like, okay, okay, commie. <laughs> we have to just sit there and go, no, this is enough of this. And everybody thinks the exact same thing other than the ones still wearing their masks. In six months, Patrick, I'm telling you, in six months, those people still out there wearing their masks that aren't doing so because they've been told to by their, by their midwit, eunuch friggin' um, middle managers above them you know, your waitresses and, you know, whatever. Everybody who's willingly going into a movie theater with a mask on, well, they're going to be the ones that everybody laughs at because they're afraid of the common cold. Yes. Okay? I understand. And I, I, that's I think you're right. When we get to that point, when we're that, project what's happening now into June and then add three rate hikes on top of it. Yeah, there'll be a knee-jerk reaction where the Dow will drop 10 or 15%, and then it'll come right, roaring right back again. Zero Hedge will go crazy and say, it's, it's horrible, what's going on? The markets are fictitious. Meanwhile, Europe is like falling into disarray, and you know governments are being overthrown, and people are wondering what's going on. And you know Pelosi is, is chewing on her dentures in public and, and can't you know speak a sentence that's intelligible. Like it, it, the whole thing is going to just come crashing down so quickly, it, it's going to be insane and it's going to be edifying if you just like step back from the fear porn so everybody needs to like start talking in these terms like and the worst part about this is the situation in ukraine was designed to create even more humiliation for the united states so that people lose faith in it even that much quicker so that there's no hope of that kind of renaissance that I just described. Yeah. Okay. Well, That's what Davos is doing. That's the threat. And it, and it exists at a metatextual level. Every city in the <sighs> world, these people are out in the streets demonstrating. Yeah. Every, I know. Every huge. I mean, massive, massive. It's 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 truly hmm. it's truly otherworldly to watch this happen. Yeah. And all these people can do is double down on their violence. At some point, someone's going to pick up the stick, and yeah. from they're going to pick up the nightstick from the cop, and they're going to start beating the cops. Yeah. It's yeah. coming. Yeah. We've seen it in places like France. The French are going to be the first ones to do it. They've already done it. I saw the video the other day of the the French people cornering some some mid level French. Um, uh, guy outside his house and throwing manure at him. <laughs> like he stepped out his front door to like 40 people throwing 
because that's what the French do. You know, when worse comes to worse, let's throw a party. We're going to oh, more, ah, <laughs> love some. I, I can't yeah. even do a bad French accent, so I don't even try. I tell but, you. Oh, it's hilarious. And I just know, sat there going, <laughs> and more and more stuff is, you know, we study all this stuff about the vaxes and the all the so much is coming out. I mean, not in mainstream media, but everywhere else. I mean. Wow. Oh no, Joe Rogan has like completely red pilled the entire world yeah, about I mean, about about all of this stuff. Fifty right? million now, hits with McCullough and Malone and Dr. Malone. I know. I mean, come on. Like it's, it's, it's and that was and that was with them trying to slow it down. Yeah. Like the, and right. and it's not just Joe Rogan. It's everywhere. Yeah. When you have CNN literally sitting there complaining that people are just going out there and living their lives and not and not being afraid of this anymore, like. Uh, yeah, that's not a bug. That's a feature of like human society. Yeah, like you can only keep people in an abject state of fear and in a heightened so state yeah. of fear for so long, and then eventually they get used to it and they move on and they understand how to deal with it. Their limbic systems attenuate and they move on because you, you know it's just the way things work. It's chemistry, and <laughs> get over yourself. Yeah. Like no matter how much you stupid British commies try to tell us, it's just mostly this is this is British tabloid media writ large. When I whenever I complain about the uh, the Brits, it's 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 a type of media that started with the Brits and it's been exported all around the West. Hmm. Um, and it's because the British commies are really excellent at being commies, uh, and they're the worst of all of them. So. Uh, Ronald they always have been. Ronald writes in. Thanks for having Tom on. I enjoy when he when he comes on. I'm getting so many different viewpoints about Bitcoin, about uh, they could stop it, they could make it illegal, who's involved in it. Uh, I know that uh, Tom Luongo is very bullish on it. Can he expound a little bit about the long-term viability of Bitcoin? Thanks. Um, well, Bitcoin as a, thank you, Ronald, uh, the Bitcoin as a metaphor for blockchain, proof-of-work style blockchains. Let's start there, mm -hmm. okay? Bitcoin with a lowercase, with a, with a big, with a capital B, not a lowercase B, because remember, you don't capitalize the names of currencies, right? So the US dollar, the, the D is lowercase. Capital Bitcoin as a concept. Big, big picture. Is, a, is, a, is something that is ultimately unassailable. They can get control of the supply of Bitcoin by by constantly trying to wash holders out of their positions, mm -hmm. right? But all they're really doing is grabbing the the people who bought at six, bought last week's production at sixty two thousand, or you know last week's production, you know two weeks ago sixty two thousand, or last week's production at um, at fifty thousand. But they're not they're not taking the you know fourteen million that are sitting in wallets that aren't moving. Or whatever the numbers are, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm vamping here. I'm not having looked at the chain statistics recently. It doesn't matter. What you have to realize is that they will attempt to divert, confuse, confound. They'll do everything they can to try and get control of this. But Bitcoin as a technology is unassailable, so it's up to you to decide whether or not you want Bitcoin to be the agent of change. It's that simple. Hmm. You have to not just believe in it. It's just like gold. They control the price of gold, right? Yeah. And by doing so, they can they control the price of the production and this, and they control all of it, right? 
you're going to see, but they already, but before we ever created the system, the gold was under control. And so under their control, because central banks own most of the gold in the world. So now, and, you know, at the end of the day, um, gold has problems in a global society and a global technological society that cannot function as currency. But every day, Lightning Network and uh, and everything, what we saw in 2021, in the growth of Bitcoin as a alternative financial platform was astounding. It was literally astounding. I was bullish on Bitcoin at the beginning of, of crypto uh, at the beginning of 2021, said that the DeFi market would be become the new junk bond arena and blah, blah, blah. I said all this stuff. And I was bearish compared to what actually happened. Hmm. Exploded hmm. into a real, fully functional financial system that's in its nascent form. Five years from now, I've talked to enough developers, I've talked to enough people, and I know that the ethos of Bitcoin has not changed. But even if they get control of Bitcoin, so what? There's plenty of proof of work style blockchains out there that can substitute for Bitcoin and we can just move all, and the code is fungible. It's all open source. Any improvement that you see to Bitcoin can be done to anything else. Some of these other coins already have all the improvements that you're seeing in Bitcoin today. Taproot privacy, Lightning Network, all, already they already have all that. So they're just waiting for the day when, you know, Davos said all and the central banks come after Bitcoin. Oh, I'll declare it illegal. Okay, declare it illegal. Has that worked yet? Can you still download movies off the Pirate Bay? Hmm. What is what is the Lightning? What's a Lightning Network? I hear that a lot. Lightning Network is a second la a second layer payment layer on top of Bitcoin. On so top. you can so yeah, so it sits on top of Bitcoin and basically, you know, something like Lightning is very simple as opposed to it's very similar to the the current T plus three settlement system we have in the credit card industry, right? You swipe your card, you don't that trade doesn't settle immediately. But there's a pool of liquidity out there to all to get the merchant paid and get this person paid and every and then they'll settle up two or three days from now the lightning network works the same way there are nodes the people running a lightning node have a pool of liquidity let's say a bitcoin that sits there and can move money around and can move bitcoin around you want to send you want to send me some bitcoin you want to send me you know i don't know fifty dollars worth of bitcoin and you don't want to pay on the for the on-chain the, the on-chain thing uh, the on-chain transaction cost, you send me $50 with the Bitcoin, you pay like, you know, two or three sats for the privilege. You pay that to the node operator who sends me the $50 with the Bitcoin. And at the end of the day, he turns around and goes, well, I have you know, a net in of 0.5 Bitcoin and a net out of 0.6. So I got to send a 0.1 transaction, net transaction out of my account to the uh, to the blockchain and say so total up all the all the transactions and net them all out and at the end of a day or whenever they they settle up they settle them all out and and you can make good money running a lightning node with your bitcoin you can make you know uh, you can make a few few percent on your money just by providing as a liquidity provider so and it's a secondary network layer it works with invoicing so it's not just sending money from here to there you send an invoice to another account holder and so each invoice is unique. So setting up like Lightning as a donation thing is more complicated than just setting up, just putting up a Bitcoin address. Right. But you know the fees but are all off. Lightning's lower. a big There's deal. There's ways of doing it. There are services out there. That Lightning's a big deal, right? Lightning's a big deal. Lightning's a big deal. It's, it's, what's, it's, what, it's what's allowing for El Salvador to use Bitcoin wow. as 
the um, as a as a day to day currency, and we're and we're very close to Argentina adopting it as well. And, you know, once you start getting all these 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 Central and South American countries that have been um, that have been uh, um, destroyed over and over and over again by vulture capitalists in the IMF. You know, Paul Singer is really angry right now because his whole business model of using the IMF to destroy a, a country and then buying up their their right. their, their sovereign yeah, debt at yeah. five cents on the dollar and demand and then getting the then getting the Southern District of New York to say that they own they own par. That business model is going to go away. No, nothing can make me happier than to watch Paul Singer end up penniless. <laughs> like there's a variety of people, a variety of really nasty oligarchs that I don't like. And he's absolutely at the top of the list. I mean, Klaus Schwab is bad, and Soros is ninety years old and can barely, you know, can barely, you know, process his oatmeal anymore. But whatever. But Singer is a—he's a particularly egregious piece of human filth. Can we invest? Because in he profits—he oh, profits off of the destruction of a an entire country's currency and their debt, mm. and he does it with insight, and he does it via insiders. And he now he's the guy, and he was the guy who's. He was the, he's a board member at, at, at friggin' Twitter now. So all the new round of censorship yeah. that's coming from Twitter that's so damn egregious is all coming from Paul Singer's new 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 soy boy, they pet, the pet soy boy you put in place. Do you see the uh, like, Twitter? That dump, guy needs to go. Do you see the Twitter dump the Veritas, all the stuff on uh, Fauci? And uh, yeah. This, of course. Yeah, of, of course. course. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't even get people yell at me like, why are you still on Twitter? It's so, it's so evil. I'm like, they haven't kicked me off yet. I got a platform. <laughs> And I try to get kicked off, and it doesn't work. So uh, I'm going to stay there, and I'm going to be a thorn in their side for as long as possible. Yeah. You wait. When I get the fifty thousand followers on Twitter, yeah, they'll kick I'll you. be yeah. put in Twitter jail overnight. How so do, it's fine. Uh, somebody wants to know. Sarah wants to know. Can we invest in Lightning? She said, "I've read about it. I've I listened to the." Yeah, no, it, yeah. I mean, I don't know that if there are oh. you know specific companies that are running Lightning nodes that you mm -hmm. can like just buy. I, that, that hasn't that hasn't happened yet. What you can do is go buy half a bitcoin or a bitcoin or you know tenth of a bitcoin or whatever and a raspberry pi and set up a lightning node oh that's not that it's not that difficult mind mind, mind you and buy a raspberry pi you know or you know some some version of that and you can run a lightning node on nothing hmm. and then just have it sitting over in the corner you know making you money and, and that's how you invest in lightning before we that's go the best way on this whole inflation thing so um can we assume that the biggest cause of this inflation, your cause guy, would be all of the, the money printing in the last year? No. No? It's a mixture of both. It's a mixture of a lot of the money's been sterilized. And that was the first phase. But it's the supply chain breakdown. We have supply. We have cost push inflation, not demand pull. Right. Yeah. So we have two versions of, 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 of supply of, uh, so of uh, cost push. Right? Costs are going up. Producer prices are going up. Oil is back to 85 bucks a barrel. Soybeans are $13 a bushel. Corn is $6 a bushel, right? Mm -hmm. Supply chains are breaking down. People need the need the stuff to make the stuff. And they can't fill it back in because the Democrats are intent on putting all the humans on UBI in order, and that's part of Davos's agenda, to bankrupt everybody and take our, take away our savings and destroy right. our homes and then turn around and go, see? And then turn around and go, but we'll forgive all your debt. Here, here's your new Fed account with your new Fed bucks, and you know we'll and and people and we're going to forgive your student loans. We're gonna, this is how they they think they're going to get the, the the younger generation. It's not going to work. Yeah. I mean, it could work. That's and if plan. it does work, then the right. millennials does, then the millennials deserve all of all of the appropriate we've already given right. them and 
and more because they've been because their own their own nihilism sent them into the 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 it sent them willingly into the gallows where they got screwed previously at y2k and in 2008 and then they're going to turn around in 2022 and willfully and willingly sign up for global communism good luck guys <laughs> your 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 gen x parents have been telling you you're wrong the entire time and you've been listening to your boomer grandparents and your boomer grandparents are the ones that spent your spent your life and spent you into debtor's prison yeah and now you just willingly signed up to become to to, to, to stay in the skinner box and there'll be a lot of them, I guess, will do uh, four boosters to get money, uh, their student loan or whatever, right? They'll just do it. Well, yeah, I mean, and it's, if, they, if, they, if they go that route, I, mean, I, I, I give millennials a hard time because they need it. They need the wake-up call that it's time to, to grow up and put up or shut up, okay? And we're willing, and we, your Gen X parents, are willing to tear the old system, the unfair system down. Just give us a chance. Stop listening to your boomer grandparents that are that are still that are that are that you know that refuse to give up on the the one the one world utopia thing. Yeah. That was a lie. And it's this it's this it, it, you know just give it up. You're not going to be able to have a social safety net administered by government. And 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 have future prosperity. It's not going to happen. You're gonna have to tear the old system down. No, you're gonna have to take some short-term pain. Well, you're gonna have to live with that. a yeah. three-year nasty, de nasty depression after the uh, after the the dollar peaks. We have the answer, but you have to be willing to take the pain. And the question is, was everybody unwilling to take the pain? Well, if you're not willing to take the pain, then yeah, then you're gonna. If you're not willing to take the short-term pain, then get used to the long-term pain, and that means the rest of your lives are going to be even worse. They're going to be even more soulless. They're going to be even more unfulfilling. And you can play all the video games you want, but it won't make the it won't make the hurt go away. Oh. Well, won't. well, let's leave it at that. That's a little tough Absolutely. love, love, little tough love for the youngins. My best to your goats and your guns and your gold and TomLuongo.me. And uh, it is uh, gold, goats and guns. Tom, thanks for coming on from time to time and. Uh, uh, say hi to all the Californians who are coming to visit you down there. I'm, I'm <laughs> I, had, I had a patron uh, from California come through last week, and we had we had a, a lovely day over at my, my my place and uh, with him and his wife. And it's it's happening, and it's lovely to to see the to see sane people wake up and do the right thing. Yes. And so we can congregate together and form new communities. That's what we have to do. All right, Tom, you take care of yourself. Take care. Thank you. you. Bye bye. Tom Luongo, Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com. And if I can do my, my the right thing here, I'll do it. Well, he's a ball of fire, right? Man. <clears throat> well, it's fun to, uh, to uh, have somebody to give you the, um, <clears throat> the ins and outs of the old chess match of what's going on there in the, the world of geopolitics. Let me see if I can do this one. Well, we're going to take a little break here. Tell you, I've been feeling uh, some detox from that, uh, um, what do you call it? The uh, the, the probiotic, the uh, rotary. I, I really have. So there's something going on. Whoops, let me move it this way. There's something going on with this, uh, this uh, uh, probiotic, which is pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool. So, you know, I've been stuff coming out of my nose and my throat and stuff like that. This is a probiotic that uh, is out of uh, Austria, uh, Austria, uh, Austria, and uh, we talked to uh, 
uh, Dr. Davis about it, and uh, we're making some yogurt from it. So uh, when you're detoxing from it, it uh, you know it's good. You know, you know that it's working. So we're going to take a break here, as we do uh, every Thursday, and I will see you on uh, Friday at uh, 10 o'clock, and we'll have lots to talk about. We'll recap a lot of the things that we've talked about through the week, through different guests, give you a yogurt update, and um, if I don't show up, that means I'm just, uh, de- no, I'll be fine. But uh, definitely in Detox City. So uh, I love you guys. Uh, thank you for being here. Um, really appreciate uh, your ongoing support. And um, here we are. It would be the uh, 12th of January, 2022. My goodness. What fun. I'm going to go to the farmer's market today couple of hours I'll get you something so let me know if I can help I appreciate it Patrick at One Radio Network uh, is my telephone number or is my email address the 800 number is still out we have a piece of equipment that's getting repaired but oh it's going to be back soon but uh, so we'll see you on uh, Friday on OneRadioNetwork.com love you all very much thank you take care from the hill country in Texas This is OneRadioNetwork.com.